The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And today we return to the paranormal show as we talk about the Mandela effect. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. What is the Mandela effect? This is something that was originally pointed out to me by Brian Kendrick, believe it or not, a few years ago in a WWE locker room. Wanted to talk to him about it. But uh, what it is, it's, um, it's when you've experienced events in an alternate reality or dimension, basically. And as you'll discover today, it might be a little more common than you think. And chances are you've experienced it as well. Our guest today, Lori McDonald, is a Mandela Effect expert, has been researching it for years. She's going to explain it and give us a bunch of examples and even tell us how it got its name of the Mandela Effect. Of course, that involves uh, the death of Nelson Mandela, who people thought was dead about 20 years before he actually died. Uh, but it goes through so many different things like Star Wars. Uh, if Ed McMahon worked at, uh, was a, a spokesman for Publishers Clearinghouse, he wasn't. Uh, how about the Queen song, We Are the Champions? It doesn't end the way that you thought it ended up with the Bernstein Bears, uh, Coca-Cola, so many things that you would swear uh, are real and are the truth, but they are not. It's very, very strange stuff. So let's just go right to it. Here's Laurie McDonald, an expert on this uh, strange phenomenon called the Mandela Effect, starting right now on Talk is Jericho. Okay, so I've been uh, hearing a lot about this uh, Mandela effect and as you know on Talk is Jericho we delve into a lot of these uh, certain uh, phenomenon, circumstances conspiracies and, and paranormal and all this other stuff and I'm here with Laurie McDonald who was uh, uh, directed to me by our mutual friend Dave Schrader from uh, Beyond the Darkness and um, I asked him I need to talk about the Mandela effect do you know somebody I can talk to? And instantly he mentioned your name, Laurie. So I guess uh, by uh, ipso facto, by proxy, you are now the Mandela Effect uh, expert. Well, I've done a lot of research into the subject. So I guess just talking from a complete layman's term, because I know a little bit about it, but kind of explain to us what that term means. Well, the short explanation is that the Mandela effect is a belief in a parallel parallel universe or an alternate timeline. The belief happened during a conference where a portion of an audience thought that Nelson Mandela died in prison back in uh, the late 1980s, and it was made very clear that the other part of the audience 
points out that Nelson Mandela had died in 2013. And there are inappropriate selfies made by former President Obama at the funeral of Nelson Mandela. But I am one of those people that remember standing in my living room vacuuming and uh, news breaking information came on the TV and it announced that Nelson Mandela had died in prison. His wife had made a, a very passionate and eloquent speech and the people of Johannesburg, South Africa, were in an uproar and they came to the streets and they mourned. And I was emotionally moved by this and it left an imprint in my memory. And then of course we see on December the 13th, 2013, Nelson Mandela was laid to rest. But with conflicting information, we have a history book from 1991 from the school board in South Africa that says Nelson Mandela died in the late 1980s. So it's very difficult uh, to see how is it possible? Is it just misinformation or mismemory like some people suspect? Right. Well, you can't misremember something that didn't happen. So that's a bunch of baloney, in my opinion. Uh, what we really see happening, or what's plausible, because the truth is we don't definitively have any answers. But researchers have indicated that our universe is more accurately a multiverse, in that we have a, a constant flexing, and there's a possible converging of dimensions where they kiss or bump together and it creates what we call a bleed through where some information will be buried. That's a possibility. I mean, that's a very strong possibility because that's backed by theoretical physicist and futurist uh, Miko Keiku, who is just an amazing professor of theoretical physics at the College of New York. Um, he's written several books on physics and other related topics, and he has said that there is definitively parallel universes. So can they merge? It is possible. Wow. So because it's funny because I remember and this happens from time to time when somebody passes away that you didn't even realize they were still alive. And I remember the Mandela one when he died in 2013 thinking I thought he died years ago. So this is kind of the most common of these sort of uh, phenomenons, I guess you'd say? Well, not necessarily. It's what it really is was the one that got the ball rolling. Right. Um, what we see are major uh, iconic lines in movies that are changed. And this is quite mind-blowing to a lot of people. Of course, the big one is Star Wars, where Darth Vader says to Luke Skywalker, Luke, I am your father. Right. Well, that never happened. That's not in the movie. That's never been in the movie or any form of that movie. Really? As our history shows it. That, that's right, Chris. So I was suspect. And I went and uh, pulled my old uh, DVDs and whatever I had on VHS, and I played it. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. And it's not in the movie anymore. And so this really got me thinking. You know, there are many, many movies. One of the other ones is with... Um, the baseball team and it's build it and they will come. 
that line has changed. Field of it's Dreams. Now, Field, Field of Dreams. dreams. That's it. Yeah. So now that, that iconic line is, build it and he will come. What? Yeah. Okay, so so first of all, what is the exact line that it says in the Star Wars movie? It, it, it doesn't say, Luke, I am your father? No, it does not say that any longer. It, well, in fact, our history shows that it never did. Now, it, I've it done a lot of research into this, and I was able to find through Lucas' uh, company for, for, you know, the uh, merchandising for Star Wars that a little action figure of Darth Vader was made back right when the movie first came out. And it was a limited release, but when you press a button, it says exactly what I remember and what I remember my little boy running around saying as he pretended to be Darth Vader, (laughs) which was, of course, Luke. But yes, no, our history doesn't show that, but we have what we refer to as residuals. And that toy uh, would be a residual. Uh, we also have a Berenstein Bears. Now, this is a, a popular cartoon series that portrayed a family of bears in different living situations that had some moral lessons for the children. And I remember reading the books to the kids, and this is a huge Mandela effect. Because Berenstein Bears has been changed to Berenstain Bears, which is a very distinct difference at the end of the word. And that one really has a lot of people uh, highly confused. So it's Berenstain Bears? Stain. Yeah, it's, like no, a stain no, but it's the on Bar- It's the Berenstain Bears. Yes, that's what. Um, it, not in this timeline, Chris. Wow. So please... Please feel free uh, to all of your listeners to Google media, a logo search, any and all of the information that I speak of today. And I can assure you that I have done my homework and I have dived deeply into the dark net, going into the United States Patent Office, moving through hundreds of pages of documents, following leads to find this residual evidence. And I did with a product called Sabreeze. Uh, this was a product, now at a condo in uh, San Diego on the beach, and every now and then um, I would buy this product called Sabreeze and freshen it up because beach places get a little um, wet and musty. So. Yeah, yeah. It's like an like air freshener that you spray on clothes. Right, and it was supposed to, you know, simulate a fresh air breeze, hence the name for breeze. But anyway, uh, it used to be spelled F-E-B-R-E-E-Z-E. And it is no longer spelled that way, and the product is F-E-B-R-E-Z-E. We dropped an E, and it is now pronounced Febrez, but they still say Febrez. So through my documentation search, I did find it with a double E, which made me feel better because I'm a reader. So when I buy a product, I read that label, I flip it over, I read everything. I irritate people in stores because I I read everything on a product. And I distinctly remember it being some breezes to many others, but yes, again, not in this timeline. 
No, okay, but, let's just slow down for a second. Let's, let's go through a couple of things that you just discussed. So first of all, what does it say in Empire Strikes Back now? If he doesn't say, Luke, I am your father, what does he say? No, I am your father. That's impossible. That's not what he said. It was, Luke, I am uh, your father. Yes, and we can present you with evidence that says that what I'm saying is what our reality shows. But I will assure you, I am strong in my own memories, and I remember, as you do, and many other people. But you see, Chris, when a person's presented with evidence that proves contrary to the memory, it is a highly emotionally charged thing. It's like this blanket of disbelief, like, how can this be happening? Well, yeah. And Febreze, I mean, that's totally what it's called. I don't remember Febreze or only one E. It's Febreze. I've used Febreze. I've bought it in the past. So that's that's not what it's called anymore? No. And not for a while. Let's wash it with Febreze. For all the things you can't wash, use Febreze fabric refresher. And there's just countless ones. And there are all those ones that just fight uh, you internally. Now, I was raised in Windsor, Ontario in Canada, and we had very limited TV back then. And one of the shows that used to come on, one of the movies that used to come on every year and everybody would gather around the TV and watch it was The Wizard of Oz. Right. And I loved it. And I watched it every year. And now it's changed. And Scarecrow is packing heat. Scarecrow has a gun. And he pulls it out right when they're about to turn and enter the forest where the sign says, I'd turn back if I were you. But no, they're on a mission to get the Wicked Witch's broom handle. And he pulls out a gun. What? I don't know. Yeah. Swear to God. Google it, please. Scarecrow has a gun. So I watched the movie. Now, I have the movie. I watched it. And I have watched the same DVD, and, and I have seen it with and without a gun before when I played it there was no gun now when I play it Scarecrow has a pistol a gun and and I'm sorry to say that you will find no version of the Wizard of Oz in our timeline not recreated not digitally enhanced not anything not old not new that doesn't that doesn't show him with this gun like you said I've seen that movie a hundred times I don't remember ever Seeing Scarecrow with a gun? Because where would he have had it? And why didn't he pull it out when the witch came when they were pulling apples from the tree? Whatever. Okay, he never had the gun, but the gun is there now. So one of the issues, you know, that we see with the Mandela effect is this it creates this emotional, you know, instability. People actually experience a cognitive dissonance when they're going, What is happening? And how can this be happening? And why and who and all of those questions. What type of nefarious manipulation or insidious act might be happening? And then we have to look at, can something like this happen? And yeah, we see in theoretic physics that um, that's probable, possible, that most likely that can happen. We don't know what the effects of that bumping of parallel universes would be. But we do see researchers are pointing their finger at CERN, um, that there's a strong possibility that CERN has created the Mandela effect. And equally so, 
there is a strong possibility that CERN wants us to think they created the Mandela effect. And I base that just on their own videos. Uh, they've got one of their scientists in a video on YouTube, and he has a, a sign around his neck at a cardboard by uh, 15 inches wide, and it says um, Mandela. <laughs> Well, and there are all these little clues. Like you can, when you go to CERN in Geneva, Switzerland, there is um, this little tour map that they give you. And it's such a slap in the face because there's pictures of Darth Vader on it. Uh, one of the other huge Mandela effects was, of course, the Wicked Witch in the Disney movie and uh, Snow White and the seven dwarfs or you know, no cinderella i'm not good with the disney movies but the wicked witch it was the line was mirror mirror on the wall who's the fairest of them all right that line now says a magic mirror on the wall magic mirror on the wall who is the fairest one of all you know and i have a granddaughter's little little granddaughter's and I asked one of them, I said, um, what did the witch say when she looked in the mirror? And she said, magic mirror on the wall. I said, oh, is that right? And she tilted her head and she said, I don't know why I said that. She says, mirror, mirror on the wall. And I said, yeah, that's, that's right, mirror, mirror on the wall. And we carried on the conversation without her knowing grandma was doing backdoor research. But her reaction the tilting of her head and and the questioning of why she said that I found peculiar and and literally had to like stifle any other reaction <laughs> we had just had to you know, go with the flow because I found that extraordinary so what could be happening um CERN has been creating well they have this large hadron particle collider and they smash these particles together and they're trying to recreate the Big Bang effect. Uh -huh. They're trying to see if that's accurate. Now, you know, the truth is CERN has been around for a really long time, since about 1954. But this particle collider and these experiments that they're doing are dangerous. Uh, this facility that they have, and I was just in Geneva. I was speaking at the Interplanetary Federal Peace Conference this summer, and I booked a tour to go to CERN. Um, I wanted to speak to some of the engineers or some of the physicists, and I was hoping that I might be able to ask specific questions, but it didn't happen. The day before I was supposed to go on my tour, I was completely debilitated uh, with both an earache and a toothache at the same time, and I thought that was weird, and I never did make it, but that besides the point, um, this particular facility, it is quite amazing. It has um, a circumference of 27 kilometers. It's 75 kilometers in the whole facility. And they just smash these particles together and hoping that this high kinetic energy is gonna impact these other particles without realizing that the truth is they are messing with the structure of the subatomic world and, and the laws of nature that govern that. They are actually looking for extra and parallel dimensions. And so some people say that they created literally a, a tear 
in reality or a rip between two dimensions and that this create this tear between two dimensions has created a conversion of two timelines and that that's what's happening that's quite a plausible theory as well chris it's hard to say and what is the name of the facility you called it's called cern yeah capital c capital e capital r n and uh yeah cern now yeah it's a conglomerate of uh scientists and engineers and they're playing with fire the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What you're saying is that if they're trying to, you know, recreate the Big Bang, which is causing tears in the dimensions... But you and I aren't traveling from dimension, dimension to dimension. So how could these, like you mentioned, mirror, mirror on the wall, which is what I always remember it being, and now it's magic mirror on the wall. How are those uh, tears in the dimensions causing this to happen? Because we're still here. We're not moving. No, it's just a, okay, so this is sort of the idea. Say they created a tear in the, in the dimensions. In parallel dimensions, look, think of the parallel dimensions right. as a loaf of bread, and each slice is a, their own dimension. Now, say you push one dimension into the other, there's going to be um, this explosion of energy and an overlapping. See, it's a convergence. So, say your consciousness and my consciousness will just be pushed into the Lori and Chris that are as the closest to our next parallel. We're only a frequency away. And so simultaneously, we're having this conversation in a parallel universe. And that would um, create the change. Now, there have been many couples, married couples are saying, you know what? I, this is not my wife. It's not my husband. This must be one from a parallel universe. <laughs> uh, right. Because they've, they're exhibiting distinct changes yeah now that's a little bit harder to prove of course but uh physical changes so now the mandela effect we're seeing it in things that really upset people which are the changes in the bible in the king james version of the christian bible that things have changed and people are not happy about that at all and it just blows their mind where they read things like uh the lion shall lay with the lamb. Nope, not in our Bible. Um, even Elvis Presley sang a song about it, but those, the, uh, now it says the wolf will lay with the lamb. <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's been all kinds of uh, biblical changes. Um, but back to CERN for just a second. Yeah. CERN went ahead and they created a music video to the song Happy. Right. And in this music video, like I said, one of the scientists is, he's holding two strange signs. One has the word Mandela on it, and the other reads, hashtag, one bond. 
Uh, one Bond refers to Nelson, who played James Bond in one of the originals. And so he's basically saying Nelson Mandela. And so, there's, like I said, they either want us to think that or they really did do it. Yeah. But um, there's so much happening. So if these two universes did collide, I mean, what does that mean? Uh for us, I mean, so sure, we can look for for ways to try to prove it. Like, have you noticed the Coca Cola logo? <laughs> no, tell me about it. Well, instead of having a dash between Coca Cola, um, it has a higher, more rectangular-looking something that's supposed to be a um, a dash. And before anybody out there says, "Oh, they change their logo," they change it all the time. Uh, go to Logos.com and uh, check this out, and, and you'll see that it says it's always had that. And, and for me, and back in the day, I'll admit to loving a refreshing bottle of Coca-Cola. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it's, it's not like that anymore. So, so they're saying there's a dash in it now, or there isn't a dash? Well, there, there's a different dash. Um, it's a dash isn't in the middle. It's like raised. Pull it up if you're near a laptop. But is it, pull, pull up a vintage. That's the way to really check it out, eh? Um, pull up, say, vintage Coca-Cola signs, and then look at your today's Coca-Cola sign. And, they, and and you're saying that they didn't just change the logo, which is something that you think they would do from time to time. Yeah, that's right. I mean, people rebrand, they remarket, they change logos, and so... When we're researching the Mandela effect, we certainly are having to look deeply into all of those things so that we don't make a mistake. You know, do you remember Oscar Mayer hot dog? Yes. And bologna? Yeah. That's a, another huge one. And Oscar Mayer used to, well, many people remember it being spelled M-E-Y-E-R. And that spells Meyer, Oscar Mayer. Right. You know, my Baloney has a first name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, even, even has it spelt in the commercial. M e right. y e r. Yeah, now it's M a y e r mayor, and says it's always been like that. My baloney has a first name. It's O S C A R. My baloney has a second name. It's M a y e r. That's insane. I'm just reading this right now. I, I went online. Oscar Mayer. Good. It was never Oscar Mayer. It was Oscar Mayer. That's right. And it was Oscar Mayer, Chris. Um, and that's how we remember it. Oh, I'd love to be an Oscar Mayer wiener. That is what I truly like to be. Because if I were an Oscar Mayer wiener, everyone would be in love with me. And so the Mandela effect... It can be very confusing. It can really throw you off your center. And part of me, the higher part of my mind, the uh, clinical hypnotherapist part of my mind, feels a, a form of manipulation happening. Now, one of the things that I researched in trying to uncover the Mandela effect outside of the physics was the possibility of artificial intelligence trying to psychologically create some psyops on, on the people. You know, you can't trust those AI bots. But I'm actually looking at some of the 
artificial intelligence information that I had pulled up, and I recall that there's a an AI called Alice, and she belongs to Dafu CERN, and she went rogue, and they had a hard time. So, and then of course the computers that you, they're using at CERN would be quantum computers. And, and are you familiar with quantum computers, Chris? No, I'm not. What are they? Okay, a quantum computer. Okay, the difference between your highest quality, fastest laptop and quantum computing is the difference between the speed of somebody walking and a rocket ship. Okay. And their capabilities are quite unbelievable. So here, once again, talking parallel universes, quantum computers actually pull information from other dimensions. This is how they work. If you want to check into that, you would want to look up D-Wave and quantum computing. And you're going to, to see that they pull, the computer literally pulls information from other dimensions. So we have to come to the conclusion that if there's a CERN here, and there is, using quantum computers in a parallel universe, there is a CERN that uses quantum computers and that these two computers now are communicating and that they could, in fact, create this Mandela effect. Hmm. Now, if that doesn't blow your mind. <laughs> yeah. This whole thing is blowing my mind. It, it's still it's still so hard to to wrap your head around. Like, like I'm still blown away about the Oscar Mayer. You know, like, like you said, oh. that, that's such a crazy example. Well, you know, line them up with um, that and Scarecrow having a gun. And there used to be a TV show that my girlfriends watched in the 90s. I think it was the 90s. Maybe it was the early 2000s, whatever. It, yeah, it was the 2000s. It was called Sex in the City. Yes. And that changed to Sex and A-N-D, the city. Now, there are old perfume bottles that still say in the city. It was, but no, it was Sex in the City. That was the name of the show. Never in this timeline. That's it insane. That. It's Sex in the Go City. Ahead. It wasn't Sex and the City. I know. I hear you. So, but I have to say that, no, it was always in this <laughs> timeline. So why am, why, why am I remembering it as Sex in the City then? Excellent question. Very good question. There is a, a small percentage of the people on the planet who have memories of both timelines and mm. memories of the previous timeline, and I believe that was a mistake. I don't, I don't think we're supposed to remember how the Bible changes. Oh, my gosh, the word stuff is in the Bible. In the Old Testament, they're talking about wine in bottles. I think not. It was sacks. <laughs> and... Trust me, my dad used to drag me to a Baptist church. Anyway, bottles weren't, they didn't have wine in bottles. Wine was in Wine was in what? Wine, now in the Bible, they refer to it as being in bottles. Bottles weren't invented yet. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, and, and this is some of the text. And it's, this is not upgraded, and they've changed it to make it into modern English. I know that there are Bibles like that. Oh, the one that really got, uh, I got a bunch of emails on when I did talked about this was Queen Elizabeth yeah. being mentioned in the, in the King James Version of the Bible. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth? Mm-hmm. In what way? Yeah, so 
don't remember the details, but uh, I I remember getting some nasty. I had told whenever I had talked about it, but yeah, King James Version of the Bible, Queen Elizabeth is now in it. I'm not exactly sure of the details, but um, she is mentioned in it. It's quite um, confusing. So we see that there is something happening. Um, you know, there are those who have both memories. And I remember, like, I remember looking at some of the things that were changing and going, that's not the way I remember it. And then all of a sudden finding out it's this huge Mandela effect. I mean, there are some that seem extraordinarily insignificant, like Kit Kat chocolate bar no longer has a dash. Did Kit Kat ever have a dash? A lot of people are going to say, well, yeah, sure they did. It's Kit Kat. But history will show you on this timeline that it never did. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, let's go through other examples. Um, let's, uh, uh, tell me about the Curious George. Yeah, tail or no tail. Yeah, tell me about that one. Well, I can't say definitively because... I can't remember if he had a tail or not. And so I only try to research the ones where I'm solid in my memory. And so I don't remember if he did or not. I just don't remember. So, so now he doesn't have a tail or he does. I, I think now he does. (laughs) This is so insane. What, what other examples can you think of Lori? Oh my goodness. Uh, the big Pokemon one where, the um, Pokemon, did he have a, you know, a, a black tip on his tail or yellow? It's really funny. Uh, people are saying, well, it was black and it's always been yellow. It was black, but now history does show us it's always been yellow. And in my neighborhood here in Sacramento, we have a fellow a few blocks over that does this unbelievable Christmas um, presentation and, and decoration. And he has every character, almost life-size, of everything that's modern and popular, and he's a fantastic artist, and he does them identical, and his Pokemon character definitely has the black tip on the tail. I mean, I didn't play Pokemon, but I do remember seeing images of it. Hmm. There are just literally hundreds and hundreds. Um, do you remember the band... I'm sure you're going to say yes. Queen. Of course, Queen, yes. I love Queen. And the song, how can you not love Queen? Right. Right? Oh, oh my God. So, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, We Are the World. No, no. uh, uh, We are are the champions. Well, right. We are the champions of the world. Right. That's supposed to be the last line in the song. You know how they dragged out of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We are the yeah. That's how we are the champions because we are the champions of the world. Yeah, totally. They removed of the world on the line. What? Yeah. 
on for the champions. It doesn't end That's with right. of the world. It, it just ends we now. Are champions. You know, and everybody's waiting for of the world. That's the way it goes. Uh, yes, that's the way. I, I, that is unbelievable to me. So if I go listen to it now, there is no of the world. I can assure you that uh, there is no of the world. <laughs> that's so insane. Totally, absolutely, totally insane. And that one, I, I believe that um, a couple of actors uh, do some skit in a car. They sing coffee or whatever in a car. And they were singing the song, and they're all, like, waiting to sing of the world. And it didn't come, and they're all, like, looking confused. And they're saying, yeah. why did it just end? Why did it just end? But that is how it ends now. It's how it's always ended. But um, uh, that's they're not... all mind blowing. Uh, <laughs> even the well, the ones that kind of are confusing are the changes that people say they've experienced in human anatomy. That the heart was always a little to the left, but now they say it's dead center. What? Yeah, the your kidney. heart. Your heart is in your left hand side. It's... Yeah. So you remember, like, if you're going to get a kidney shot, like, I mean, like, someone's going to punch in the kidneys and get a kidney block. Right, you know where to block your kidneys, or, or if you're punching low. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my dad made me take karate. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, the kidneys is not where people think they are. Everybody puts their hands kind of behind their back and right there near the waist area. They think they're kidney. Oh, they're way tucked up under the rib cage now. And there's just people are saying now there's bone behind the eye socket and. That's never been the case, that our skeleton never showed bone behind the eye socket. That was always open. You could stick your fingers through the one in science class, and it's not the case anymore. The sternum has changed. I, I, I'm just dumbfounded. So, <laughs> Well, so people say, look at your hand, right? and look at how low the thumb is now. They say that the thumb is much lower on the hand, that it's coming way below the knuckle of the pointer finger, and that it was higher <laughs> So I'm no expert in anatomy. Okay, so I'll just make that clear. But there have been a couple of doctors who are what we call affected right. <laughs> by the Mandela effect. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's the way I remember learning it in medical school. And now I, I can't even, you know, can't even talk about it because. So how, how does our whole anatomy change? Like our bodies well, the, changed since we were born? Yeah, like, are we, okay, so this is the deal. If this is a different timeline, timeline converged or whatever, then we're really not the same people. That our consciousness was pushed forward into the parallel universe. So right now, like I said, you're going on the theories of how parallel universes work. To either side of us, there's another Lori and Chris having this conversation. Uh, one will be more, there'll be slight differences. Uh, maybe I decided to put on a, uh, a different shirt, but probably not. 
and there'll be slight differences that are only one frequency apart. So when the parallel universes are so close, so some say they're overlapping us right now on some frequencies that don't affect us. For the ones that do affect us, there's just a, a convergence, a merging of the consciousness of the human. So what the Mandela effect does, like the UFO phenomena and all other paranormal information, what it does is it makes us do what I like to call a reality check. Once you experience some type of phenomena, UFOs, um, extraterrestrials, which I I have, Mm -hmm. then I I know that my reality is not the same as my neighbor's reality. If I had and did have face-to-face, eye-to-eye contact with with, uh, what I can only construe as an extraterrestrial or interdimensional entity, I now have a bit of an expanded consciousness. A person sees a UFO and accepts into their new reality the existence of non-human entities. They're beginning to look at their themselves in the multiverse. They're beginning to identify themselves as multidimensional beings, knowing that we are far more than what we think we are. And even humans don't fully even understand what we are. And a lot of the workshops that I've done, I don't think I've had one person raise their hand when I've asked the question, do you know the real definition of the word human? They don't. Mm -hmm. They all think it's people or person or race or something like that. And it, it is not. That's not what it means. The word human is a, a... a definition to the type of entity that we are. Hue is the word for light. It's how we measure intensity or saturation of light in hues. Man is short for manifestation to come into the physical or to be embodied. A human is a light embodied entity. And when you know what you are, you're beginning to awaken to a multidimensional reality and a multidimensional self. Wow, <laughs> this is pretty, uh, pretty heavy stuff. Uh, uh, just uh, go through a couple more of these here. What's the big controversy with um, with the movie Shazam? <laughs> You're laughing at this. <laughs> I am. I, I, because it actually was a big controversy, which that's what cracks me up. Because, yeah, apparently uh, he had made a movie called Shazam. I'm trying to think of the actor. I'm Sinbad? So with yeah, Sinbad. Yeah. And he said, no, uh, he never made that movie. But hundreds of thousands of people are saying, yeah, 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 in the 80s. Sinbad made a movie called Shazam. And and other people were going, no, you're confusing that with Shaq, who played a genie in some other movie. Called Kazam. And they're like, no, no. Yeah. Right. And they're like, no, no, I know the difference. And and so in talking to the actors, uh, which some other researcher other than myself did, uh, they had did come to the conclusion that they don't recall making that movie, which would be natural... But one of the actors in the Empire Strikes Back, the second Star Wars movie, he 
Earl something. James Earl Jones. Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. He had an old um, script or went over some lines on like a David Letterman show or something like that. And they asked him to do the line. And he said, Luke, I am your father. So you, we, when you do the research, like I said, you can find these residuals. But bigger movie one than the, the whole Shazam thing, I think, really might have been the, the, late, the Matrix. What, what do you mean? And the line, the line in the movie was, what if I told you everything you know is a lie? And that was said by Morpheus in the movie The Matrix. Well... What if I just told you that that line's not the movie? <laughs> <laughs> of course it's not. <laughs> of course and, it's not. And, exa- and of course it's not, okay? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's, but it's very interesting. And, and it's hard to wrap your mind around and say, what significance then do these changes have? What significance does Baron Stain over Baron Steen have? Right. Well, we don't know. But we think that there might be. And the reason we think that is because we're looking at identification of people and place and we see that plural like S's are taken off. How about, okay, Sally Fields who was started with um, Burt Reynolds, hey, I finally got an actor's name right. In mm-hmm. cannonball movies or whatever they were called. Yeah, yeah cannonball <laughs> run, yeah. yeah. Sally Field I'm and so Places glad in the Heart. Yeah, um, her name is Acceptance Speech, not Sally Field. He liked Field. me, he Instead really, really liked me. Yeah. That also never happened. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. And, interesting fact, her brother was one of the top scientists, guess where? At CERN. Wow. And so Sally Fields' uh, name is now Sally Fields, and now she says, now, now, now it says, right now, you like me. No, that's not what she said. She said, you like me, you really like me. No kidding. We laughed at it for years. After yes. now, laughed at it. Everybody did something on it, you know. You like me right now. You like me. But once a movie starts to change, it begins to have other changes. So not only is that the main change in the Star, Star Wars series, but C-3PO, from the beginning on, mm-hmm. has got one leg silver and the rest of the body is in gold. You know, that's funny because I've noticed that now, and it never was like that when I first... I'm a Star Wars freak. I must have seen it probably 20 times. And mm-hmm. I, I noticed now that he has the Silver Lake, but he didn't have it before. Nope. And uh, there's other Mandela effects in Wizard of Oz um, when they're in the the Wicked Witch's castle and she lets go of the flying monkeys and she says, fly, my pretties, fly! Right. My pretties is no longer in there. Come on! For real, That's one of the big lines. That's one of her big catchphrases, my little pretties. My pretties. I know. I know. So that's why this weekend you should pop a big bowl of popcorn and watch some old movies. On... 
your own DVDs or VHSs or family members so that you know it's old and when it came from. One preferably you've watched before or a family member has watched before. And so that you can see and experience these changes. Now, Forrest Gump, life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah, that's what yeah. he said. Uh-huh. No. What? My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. He <laughs> says life was like a box of chocolates. No, now, listen, there are some uh, people out there saying this is all demon, uh, satanic work, creating these changes, and they point out verses in the Bible where they said, see where it says in the Bible, in the end days, things will change, and you must, wor words, it says, words and books will change. And you have to know yourself and trust your own memories. You have to know who and what you are, and you have to have confidence in yourself. And so not remembering, is this right, is this not right? What that does is it creates confusion within the psyche. It prevents the integration of the full aspect of the person for self-actualization in the world. What it does is it creates insecurity, fear, and doubt. And so you must know yourself so that you won't suffer any mental confusion during times of change. And so it's important to, to know yourself. Now, this summer I was invited up to the Hoopa Indian Reservation in Northern California because they had been experiencing some anomalous activity on the res. And uh, Bigfoot, uh, orange orbs, and uh, other anomalous activities. So we went and spent several days investigating, and it was quite interesting. But one of the Indians said to me, and he's okay being called an Indian, he told me that's his preference. And his name is Chester. And Chester said, when the white man first came to the res, they taught us a word that we had never heard or used before. And I said, well, what was that word? And he said, maybe. I said, maybe. I get it. Because you don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's that first, it's that first stab of doubt. See, they were very sure of mm -hmm. what they did and very confident and secure people. And now... This particular reservation is on their knees, crippled by social injustices and drug abuse and alcoholism, where they don't know who they are. Right. So I'm doing a free workshop up there, self-empowerment. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Let me ask you a question as we, as we start to wind down here. Why do people accept this? Like, we know... Like the Queen one blows me away because it, it, you know I, I, it's the lyric is of the world, so when it just disappears, 
why do we just go along with it? Why isn't there anybody going like, what happened? Like, what is the deal? Well, there are. There are people like me. And I am trying to figure out what the deal is. And in fact, Chris, there's a part of me that when I do this research, I keep hearing my own inner dialogue in the back of my mind going, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> ah, right, 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 right. Okay, so I'm, I'm, we're trying, but you know, people don't know what to do. Why? Because of that word, maybe, that creates confusion. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, the crowd will generally go with whatever authority figure says. So they're saying, you misremembered. Oh, I must misremember. Oh, there's a word for that now, you know. So it's, they're going to try to make you feel like you're the one making a mistake. And most people go, oh, yeah, well, I'm probably wrong. Well, me, I'm not going to say that. I will say I don't know um, or I know. Right. And that's why I only research the ones that I, I know. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the other ones, you know, um, it's a double. Uh, again, it was the show I Love Lucy. Uh-huh. And Ricky would, you know, Lucy would be up to her shenanigans and her antics. And Ricky would come in. Ricky Ricardo would come in and he'd say, Lucy, you got some explaining to do. Yeah. Explaining to do was never said, and in fact, the true actor who played Ricky Ricardo was uh, Desi Arnaz, and they no longer spell Desi Arnaz in the credits the way I remember reading it a hundred thousand times as a kid. How do they spell it? Well, how do you remember it being spelled? Desi, like uh, D-E-S-I, Arnaz, A-R-N-E-Z, maybe? Yeah, okay, so Desi and Arnaz, it used to be D-E-S-I, Desi, and then Arnaz was A-R-N-E-Z, okay? Right, 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 yeah. Desi Arnaz, right. Um, And so now I believe that it has changed to Desi Arnaz, A-R-N-A-Z. No, that's not it. Never been that. I know, it's Desi Arnaz and Lucy, and she has some explaining to do. Right, right, right. And right. somebody's got some explaining to do, okay? Because first <laughs> off, that's not in any of the shows. And Arnaz has been changed to A R N A Z from E Z. And so, you know, sometimes, little... sometimes you, you you get in your head. Like I know that that the words uh, "beam me up, Scotty" were never said in Star Trek. It just became kind of a cultural thing. Uh, you know, like, uh, uh, I think Play It Again, Sam from Casablanca was never said either. But maybe... No, it, w- it was Scotty beam us up, right, not beam right. me up, Scotty. So, so right. that's a different example. But but when we're talking about the Arnez and once again, the uh, we are the champions and, and, you know, all of this stuff, those were not things that we thought we heard. Those were definite you know, definite uh, subjects and, and lyrics and all these things that we know, like Desi Arnaz, Oscar Mayer. I know it was spelled M-E-Y-E-R. Like, we just know this. And that's why it's yeah. blowing me away, all of these examples okay. that you're giving me. So on things like Oscar Mayer and other things, so what I decided to do was to go into the back archives of the newspapers, say, how about July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, prior to the 4th of July here in America, 
big hot dog sale day, and I looked for old hot dog ads in the newspaper grocery store circulars. Yeah. And I found M-E-Y-E-R in I-G-A, in Kroger, in Piggly Wiggly, in, and then one other one I can't remember right now. And and so I presented this at somewhere, and they were going, well, no, that was, they just, obviously, they made a, a mistake, and they spelled it incorrectly in the newspaper. And I'm like, really? All five of these grocery stores did that, did they? I don't think so. No. Wow. Not in advertising. Come on now. No. Yeah, so, so that's, I try to um, jump it, you know, either go back prior to the changes and then go into the archives and see what history tells me from that angle, um, or like I said, the deep dark net into the United States Patent Office on on product and stuff like that. So I'm trying to see how much residual evidence we have, trying mm-hmm. to figure out why we're experiencing this. And since we many of us are experiencing it, I say the best thing to do is to just look at it as an opportunity to expand your consciousness to take into the fact that, okay, maybe there are parallel universes and maybe our consciousness shifted into Mm. just a frequency over where hardly anything would look different. Well, I mean, I I think um, your point that you said, and if if you could briefly tell me the story that where you encountered an extraterrestrial, but then maybe that has expanded your consciousness. So you understand more of this than kind of the average Joe does. But tell us a little bit about, about the, uh, the, the encounter that you had. Okay, so I am an experiencer, mm-hmm. um, one of 27 therapists in the United States on the mental health referral list to work with people who are either contactees or have been abducted by extraterrestrials. I've run one of the largest um, meeting groups creating a forum for experiencers. And I'm the president of an organization called Opus. It's been around for about 25 years. We have a board of directors. We just recently lost our surgeon who would have done the extraterrestrial implant removal. So back in about the early 90s, I was a field researcher, and I would set up cameras outside of the Sacramento area and go back and check on them. I was always into the night sky. I had seen UFOs. I had a just an acceptance of life elsewhere. I mean, not in any particular form of life, but just felt that for sure there was most likely something. And then one night I awoke to feeling excruciating pain in around my left ovary area, my lower abdominal region. And I felt sort of trapped in between awake and asleep, which I know now is called the hypnoglonic state. And I remember glimpsing something and not being able to see it, but I was in so much pain that all I could ask was, why? Why are you hurting me? Why, why does this hurt so much? And then to the right of me, a silhouette in a plasmic, like violet color, appeared beside me and they kept saying my name until I was able to become lucid and awake and focus on them. And when I had their attention, they said two words. They told me focus and control. 
And so I did. I focused my energy. I controlled my emotions. I sat upright, lucid, conscious, cognitive, completely awake, staring into the face of two small gray aliens. It was eye to eye, face to face contact. And I was psychologically prepared for an event of this nature. And I was calm and strong. And when they saw that I was lucid, they sort of turned their heads towards each other. And within a moment, there was this like white burst of light and a taller gray appeared. And I thought, well, <laughs> and it walked towards me. I was still pretty cool. But in its hands, it had like about a 12 inch long, maybe, I don't know, not quite 12 inches, maybe nine, like the size of a chopstick needle. And as it came towards me, that's when I got scared. I knew that it wasn't open to any respectful intellectual conversation. And so from a sitting position, I tried to do like a sweep kick up and hit it in the left side of the head. And as I began to really fight, I lost consciousness. I remember struggling to not lose consciousness and it was just like my mind dripping away. And when I woke up later, I was in pain and I had marks on me and I went to, to the hospital and they said that I had tore the uh, abdominal muscles and herniated, had, had a hernia and they scheduled surgery and put in a, a mesh implant uh, to help with that. So I uh, feel that there were two types of, well, three if you include the tall, the three extraterrestrial races all in that one experience. The ones that I believe were unseen uh, to the ETs, and they were more of that hysteric one that's actually kind of been advised by them for my entire life. And um, wow. the others. So just briefly, I'm going to tell you, Chris, that as a younger child, my mom had had uh, put me out, but she'd given me away. And when I had turned 50 a couple of years ago, I had just finished this little TV show called Topic UFO or something like that. And I was done the show and it aired and everything. And my phone rings one afternoon and I answer it and they're like, is this Lori McDonald? And I'm like, yes. And she said, well, this is your, your mother. This is your birth mother. And I just saw you on the UFO show. And I need to tell you the story of your birth and why I gave you up. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> so I called my husband over and I put the phone on speaker and asked her to please go ahead. And, and she had said that all through the year 1963, uh, she was visited by small extraterrestrials and not the typical gray ones that people describe, but she described a different type that sounded to me more like a Zeta. Now, I didn't say this. I just didn't say anything. I continued talking. She told everybody about these experiences, and nobody, you know, really believed her. The doctor sent her uh, to a psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist primarily told her to shut her down. So... She didn't tell anybody anymore, and she still kept having extraterrestrial experiences, she said. Then one morning in September, in fact, 
on the 18th of September, she walked out uh, into the yard and laid down on a lounge. And instantly there were two ETs on either side of her and she began to move with them uh, and they moved through the apple orchard and she felt at that moment uh, distortion of time and as she came into the center of the apple orchard where the tractors turned during harvest, hovering above that was a UFO and instantly she was on the UFO and she told them that her feet were cold. She looked down and she saw the metal floor and she said she became disoriented then because now the UFO seemed so much larger on the inside than it had appeared from the apple orchard. They took her to a room and they laid her down on a table. I interjected at that moment and asked her now what, what, what kind of table? And she said, well, you know, honey, it looked kind of like an ironing board. <laughs> she said, yeah. Actually, I don't know what an ironing board looks like, but okay. Right. And, um, <laughs> and she told me about um, very intense physical examination. She said at one point she heard a popping sound in her head. And they continuously assured her, as they had done for the nine months that they've been abducting her, that uh, they were really just interested in her baby and she had nothing to fear at all, that she could remain calm, that everything was okay. They just wanted to learn about her baby. And um, then she remembers just waking up on the lawn, not where they had first taken her, and she was crying and she was bleeding both vaginally and from the nose and she was fully in labor. And she was calling out for help and nobody could hear her. And finally, through her tears, crying, the neighbor getting up early for work heard her and roused the household and they brought her to the hospital there in Windsor, Ontario, and she labored through the day and night. And then on the 19th of September, at exactly nine o'clock in the morning in 1963, she gave birth to me. Mm. Uh, she said she couldn't bond uh, with me. Uh, I wouldn't breastfeed and I wouldn't drink the cow milk. And she just, she just couldn't bond with me. And every time she looked at me, she thought of the ET experiences and how she wasn't allowed to talk about them. You know, and I thought how ironic that she's telling me this because I have spent the last 25 years of my life devoted to helping the experiencer not feel ridiculed or not feel shamed, but giving them the freedom to speak their truth and explore their experience to find out what that means to them. And here I'm running a group that could have changed her life if only there was something like that then. Right. So. All of a sudden, every woman in the group was my mother. And she said that I looked so different, you know, um, with my blue eyes and her with her jet black hair and brown eyes and my father, short man with jet black hair, brown eyes, he used to tell me he was part Iroquois Indian. So she just couldn't bond with me and, and gave me up for adoption kept all of her notes and then found me when I turned 50 years old. And at that time I was doing a show um, with Jim O'Connell. He was just in the process of creating a show called uh, Experiencers. It was a TV show where they would go out and investigate a UFO sighting. And if a 
hypnotherapist was needed to regress the subject, and I would do that. So I called up the producer and said, hey, Jim, you know, I, I just met my mom, and oh, my gosh, I'm not going to believe the story she told me. I said, I, I want to bring her on the show. Let her finally, finally speak her truth. It's the secret she has held for 50 years, right? And he said, absolutely. And, you know, they talked all summer long, and they became friends, and my God, he knew her better than me. Then the phone rings, and I get a call from the hospital in Canada, and they said, you've got to come now. Uh, we've just brought your mom in. She has suffered a major stroke, a major brain aneurysm, uh, followed by a stroke, and she's not able to speak. Wow. I said, what? She can't speak? And I, of course, instantly flew into Detroit, had a car bring me into Windsor, and my mom has been healing and in speech therapy. Now, Jim, comes fall now, and it's September, and the show is going to be airing soon, and the promos are just coming out. And then in the newspaper, uh, Dark Matter News, uh, the, uh, the reporter was, I think her name was Atlantis or something exotic like that. Mm. And, and she said, the headline read, Jim O'Connell, producer, TV shows experiencer, mysteriously dies in his sleep. Wow. The word it, it said mysteriously, and I couldn't get a hold of anybody, and then found out that within 48 hours he was cremated. Um, I did talk to his wife, and you know, of course, she said that she talked about my mom all the time, and what an amazing, unique story that she had. And so the UFO thing's been with me for a while on more layers than I was ever aware of. Sure, in lots of different ways, but. Um we got to wrap it up here, Lori, but I want to ask you one more question. Tell us about uh, Ed McMahon and Publishers, Publishers Clearinghouse. <laughs> yeah, no. Again, uh, many people have the memory of running to their mailbox and getting that envelope, um, hoping that your prize number was going to be selected and that Ed McMahon would show up on the doorstep uh, carrying a big giant check from Publishers Clearinghouse, but he never worked for them. That's not what happened ever in this timeline. Uh, it does show at one point that Ed McMahon worked for a different publishing company, American something. No, he didn't. But he, not. He, was the, he was the spokesman for Publishers Clearinghouse. Yeah, he didn't work for them ever, it says. Uh, that's what our history shows. That's so I know, Chris. crazy. <laughs> this whole subject is crazy, Lori, and I, I, I appreciate you, you, you talking to me about all this. Do you think we'll ever have I, a definitive answer as to, to why this has happened? I think that eventually we will. We have to broaden our understanding of physics, parallel universes. We have to take a bigger look at who we are, what we are, and our purpose here. We have to understand some fundamentals about what it means to, to be human and to be on a personal path of ascension or even possibly human attainment. So, so there's lots to learn in this life, and it's a very, very mysterious world. Of course, I've been studying it for a while, so I, I'm kind of accepting of it on a certain level. But trust me, I still get I just still shake my head and go, I just can't see how that's happening. <laughs> but that continues to allow me to research. Well, I appreciate that you've done all this research, and I thank you so much for, uh, for doing this today. 
Well, I'm happy to do it. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks to Laurie McDonald for freaking me out and taking the time to explain and talk about the Mandela effect. There's so many more examples than the ones she just gave about Star Wars and Forrest Gump and the Wizard of Oz and Queen and Ed McMahon. But you better believe I'm going to watch all those movies again uh, and, and listen to those songs again to see if she is uh, uh, indeed correct. Uh, so many crazy things. Go check out more of the Mandela effect online. Um, very, very uh, crazy stuff. Let's, something that's not as crazy is this Friday show. I got Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, the last live uh, Talk is Jericho recorded on the first annual Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. We got some big news coming up very, very soon about the Rager. We had to push it back a couple weeks because it takes a lot of details to put together a Rager. First one was sold out. First one was a success, success. And one of the uh, highlights for me was talking to Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler. Great stories about their days together calling matches for the WWE as one of the best ever announced teams in wrestling history, if not the best. They talk Vince McMahon, favorite matches behind the mic and in the ring for the King, uh, what it was like when they uh, each left the company. Uh, so many great stories between these two old friends. You know it is funny, hilarious, great stuff live on the main deck of the Jericho Cruise. It was the uh, second biggest crowd I had for for the podcast. Uh, the Eddie Guerrero episode was the biggest crowd. That was jam-packed. Go back and listen to that one. And also be the end of the Elite when they announced... Uh, uh, end of the Bullet Club when the Elite announced they were leaving the Bullet Club and becoming the Elite was a good one. Of course, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was good. We had four great podcasts on the cruise, and you have heard all four of them now if you listen this Friday, which I'm sure you will. You don't want to miss this one. So it's going to be a slobber knocker. JR and the King on Friday. Until then, uh, in the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs, and a big yeah, boy. And we'll see you on Friday.